Welcome. Welcome to Goth, Goth and Fishy. We do that every episode. Everyone is like, are going to be saying it with us. Hello and welcome to Goth and Fishy. I said Dumbo. <laughs> Dumbo. Dumbo. Yes. Hello, everyone. Hope you're all still um, surviving. Surviving. Coronavirus. I'm not very peppy today. You're not very peppy? I'm not peppy. That was me last time, remember? I, I wasn't know. very peppy. I'm just, I'm just existing in this world. I think that's where we all are lately. Yes, and I think it's because this week I should be in the Bahamas. Yes, I mean, we're already, we're already into July, going into August. <clears throat> the whole year's been a bust. What's going on, Jasper? It's always, he's always, I think he, he only does this shit when we're recording, It's fine, too. he's so cute. He does this to distract us, because he's like, no one's paying attention to me. <laughs> My dog's are there rolling around like an idiot, sorry Yes, everybody. he is. So it's episode 34. 30, wow, 34. True crime. We're going to be a, through with our first season before we know it. I remember when, when I said 23 was a good age. When Episode 23. And now we're 34. Mm-hmm. 34 was not a good age because David was four years old and he was hell on wheels when he was four, three and four. Remember the shit he used to do? He would dance and like <laughs> all the shit. Oh my God. He was, he was a wild man. Oh, he was cute. 34 was 10 years ago. <sighs> yes. What a... I don't know if I'd want to... Yes, I would want to go back 10 years ago. It wasn't that bad for me. My dad pretty, would still was, be alive, mm-hmm. and we would definitely... Yeah. Just... The thing that wasn't as good as I did not... I had not... No, I had met Robert, actually, but we weren't together yet. Yeah. We were just talking online. Yeah. Because he and I started talking in 2008, and then we got together in 2012. I hate this online dating stuff. That's all, all I do. I got, it's a good way to vet people. I mean, you can really screen somebody... Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. Or I just give them to you and you do your background checks. Yes. <laughs> there was one of one, somebody in your past that I, I did one on. I didn't tell you I did one on. And I found some shit out about it. No, I think I did tell you. You did tell me. Yeah. Uh-huh. You've told me all of it. Yes. <laughs> Interest, interesting. <laughs> so how has your, your week been? Or a couple of weeks since we recorded? Um, I don't know. I'll tell you. It's like we're in a fucking time warp. It's like a fog. Like... You know, I told you I'm back. I'm going to the office full time. So I'm. This week has been. I told you it's been like. I mean, Mercury's out of retrograde this week, and it feels <laughs> like it's fucking back in it. It's like. It I'm is not a time very familiar with astrology. It well, so when Mercury goes in retrograde, like you feel it like, like throws you out of whack. Yes, like it just throws you out of whack, and so it went back. Like it's out of retrograde now, so now it's like we're all like. Supposed to be getting back to normal, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. no, right? I don't. It's just been really quiet. I mean, from from my work, like this is a normally downtime for my job, mm-hmm. so we normally don't have much to do right now. But like, we really have nothing to do. So, like, me and my coworker, we were texting each other today. She was like, "Do you ever just not even log into your computer?" <laughs> <laughs> email I'm like well I always leave it on so I always log in I leave it on and I turn up my volume so I can hear right. somebody pings me or my reminders and shit like that and I go about my normal day because there's just not enough to do there's a lot of like webinars and 
online trainings and right. stuff like that that my company's putting out. But there's not enough of that to fill up a damn day. Yeah, no, I understand that. But I you're... told my boss, I'm like, there's not, not enough to do. She's like, it's okay. It's our normal downtime anyway. But it, like, it really feels like I'm doing nothing every day. I guess that's the difference because like, I have stuff to do every day because if I don't do my job, nobody mm-hmm. gets paid. Yeah. Because yeah. I enter all the codes and mm-hmm. everything, you know, yeah. and I look at them like, this isn't correct. I have to go show. Why do you have a freezing going to a or why do you have a biopsy going to a wart? Because the last time I checked, we don't do shave biopsies for warts. We do them for, like, moles or So you have tags. to pay attention. I have to really pay attention. Yeah. I have to put modifiers. Because it's it's how we talk to the insurance, doing mm. the coding and stuff. Because, by God, if I do an office visit and a procedure, and I don't put that 25 modifier with the office visit, it'll mm. come back and they won't pay, you know. So it, it's a lot. And... It's a lot. And then I have to manually go back and check every single patient's thing to make sure they collect it correctly. Like, it's a lot. And so, or write off your best friend's bill. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Maybe. Are there some perks? So, I mean, it's just like. No, not of what I just said. <laughs> there's just a lot that entails. So, right. I wish I had downtime, but I just don't. Well, when we're busy, we're like super busy. It's yeah. like, you know, 14 hour day. But, so normally we're really busy in the spring and mm-hmm. in the fall, but, and we didn't start recording until after our busy season last year in 2019. Right. And then when we picked up and then COVID hit and we had to postpone all of our training programs and like we're, the one major one that we're doing, we're now doing all online in September rather than in person right. in April. And I don't know what's going to happen. And then there's another one that we do in the fall that we've now pushed off to January of 2021. So like this whole year is a bust. Listen, I just need fucking people to wear their goddamn masks because we fucking got to get out of here in October. No kidding. I need a goddamn vacation. I'm about to fucking lose my shit. I have a feeling that Gotham Bougie International World Tour just may be postponed. And Mel's going to be in the psych ward. (laughs) I mean, I really, I I think that's part of it because I told you like this week, like Monday, I don't know why I could not, so I cried like at random shit and I'm, you know, I'm really like, I'm really hardcore, like it takes a lot, but one of my other co-hosts called me, he's like, what's wrong with you? And I said, I don't know, just keep crying, I don't know what's wrong with me. And he's like, can I bring you something? Like, you're in Midlothian, you're you're too fucking far away. And I'm like, it's fine, I'm fine. Send chocolate. I mean, I don't know why, because I'm not hormonal normally like that. Like, I don't have periods. It's just like some of the things that they're encouraging us to attend are like your mental health. Yes, and I don't, and normally like, I'm like, do I need to start taking like my lights approach again? I'm I'm so proper, I'm like, maybe I need to call the doctor. Because I have, I have a full prescription. I don't wake it up and I can't go to sleep. Yes, and I have a full prescription because I took it like when my dad died and like, like at the divorce and I I have some so like I can start taking it but I hate the way it makes me feel like yeah. a zombie mm-hmm. like I just I hate it and I think a lot of it's just all this school shit like is David going back to fucking school is he not going back to yeah. school Caitlin's going back to Texas State because she has a lease on an apartment which is fine because she already has a job there um working where she works there so they actually already called her because she went for sure and so she's like well I could work at Bucky's you know because yeah. so we have those options but she already signed the lease, and we can't get out of it. Mm. So her roommates are all definitely not coming back. Even if they have to do online, she's still going back. Yeah. Um, and so she, I think that it's good for her, though, too. It is have good for her. Yes. semblance of normalcy of at least yes. leaving home and going back to, you know, to it's that It's one area. less person at her house. That's, that's true, too. Yeah. But, you know, and then just... It's unprecedented times. And I told you, a lot of stuff has happened. And then, so my ex, all the karma stuff that came around that we talked about, and... 
I, I talked about the other podcast, you know, his um his mistress girlfriend now why we got divorced and they're having an affair. She had an affair yeah. with another married man and okay. she's like yes. a homewrecker, man. She's like She is a homewrecker. There's a site called homewrecker.com. You can post her picture oh, and the story. Let, let me write this down. <laughs> yes. Homewrecker.com. Homewrecker. You can post her picture and wrote this and write her the whole story and it's posted anonymously. <laughs> so like I told you, so I had to go back to work. Put her ass out there. Her pictures. I, oh, I'm going put, to put the video. And not working from home, and then having to go back to the office. And I'm used to like getting up, walking to the, you know, like you yeah. are from home, and mm-hmm. you, I'm having to get up at six, six thirty, and you're getting up at seven thirty, logging on by eight, like in my pajamas, like going to work out, like whatever. And I I like my sleep, and I'm not a morning person. Days run into the next now. It's yes. like what day are we on again? Oh yeah, we're on that day. Yes. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just fucking over it. Yeah. I think, I know everybody is, but it's just like, I know you are too. You know what I miss? Going to the movies, but I never really was a big movie person before, but I want movie theater popcorn. So I saw like you, for my friend, um, Jennifer works for Cinemark and mm-hmm. she retweeted or re, not retweeted, but reposted something from, on Facebook, um, from Cinemark. You can rent the whole movie theater for $99 to have a private screening. Shut up. Yes, I'm not kidding you. I'll send you the link. Remind me. I'm like, for $99, that's cheap. Can you get popcorn, too? I'm sure you can if the movie theaters are open, because you're going to have to have staff there to, like, run everything. So, I'm like, shit, for write that down. Yeah, it's Cinemark. Send me the information. No, so, put on your notes to send it to me. Okay. So, yeah. So, I'm like, <laughs> shit, for $99. And then you know who's in the movie theater mm-hmm. with you, or you can rent it for yourself. Like, Can because, we rent it and then charge admission to everybody else? <laughs> $5 Venmo. Right? They'll be like, wow, Belle, you have... 50 friends? I mean, that might be something <laughs> That might be something we could do for our patrons at some point. Yes, have a screening. Yes. You know, for even a scary... If it's like, even if it's like older movies. Because you fun. would be able to social distance with our mm-hmm. six patrons. So, I mean, you know. Shoot, yeah. You never know. Be like, Robert! <laughs> um, David and I went to the Stop. drive-in movies on Saturday. And let me tell you, my anxiety was so damn high. Because they only let so many people in there. And I know it's a drive-in movie. We were in our car. But, but our cars were right next to each other. So I'm like, oh. <clears throat> I was so surprised. I'm like, if I have a heart attack or like I have a panic attack or something and my anxiety kicks in, like, we can't get out of here. Right. We were like... I'll show you the pictures later. Was it fun though? Because I saw that. It was fun. It It was was a lot of people. So it was a lot of people, but literally everyone stayed in their cars. Yeah, yeah. So we were probably two to three feet away, the cars. But nobody got out at the same time, so right. it really weren't. It wasn't really that we weren't social distancing. Was everyone practicing like wearing masks? And everything? Yes, that's so. Good to see if you got out, you had to wear a mask. Quinlan, there's not very many. No, people. you had to wear a mask. Um, they had a porta potty, so nowhere to wash your hands. But I had hand, st- hand sanitizer right. in my car. Um, and then they had like <clears> you could get like stuff at the concessions, like corny dogs. Oh, okay, and, that's cool. Uh, funnel cakes, like fun stuff, you know. And they had and they uh, do this every papa. month, every month, once a month. And then uh, the one for next month, I'm probably not going to go. I didn't, I don't like the movie. It's a, um, it's a baseball movie, so I'm not. It, it didn't sound very good. Oh, okay, because uh, me and Robert were like just talking, like, I wish we could do something for a date night or something. It's out. It's a da, 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 not Angels in the Outfield. It's a. It's a baseball movie. It's got um, what's don't his fucking name? ask me? I don't know. So they is show the one with Charlie Sheen. No, no, <laughs> no, no. It's not the one. I know that's where a he, good one. But isn't he uh, hurts his shoulder? 
No, that's a kid that hurts his shoulder and becomes. That's that's angels in the outfield. But the one with Charlie Sheen, he's this wild thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's this isn't that one. It's it's um. I'll have to look it up. We'll find out later. But so we went back to the futures that they showed. Awesome. So it was really yeah. fun. It was a good time. But let me tell. You. Oh, David, it was just David and I. We invited his dad to come with us because. It's his dad. It's his dad, and we're still friends. Yeah. We. It's happened years ago. We've moved. We've talked you know we've I've forgiven him amicable yes it's amicable Which is key so i said if you you know but he was anyways she was moving out all the stuff so we didn't have time for all that so <laughs> yes going on moving on to the kid the man with the seven kids that is married anyways so we're like let's so we turned on like i turned off the um lights and stuff and i didn't know we ordered chinese food she's checking so i didn't know how to turn the lights like all the way off of my jeep because so you were the annoying one with your lights on? So the guy came and he's like, excuse me, ma'am. Do you know how to turn your lights off? I'm like, <laughs> no. If you want to figure it out? He had a mask on. I'm like, if you want to figure it out, you can. He was one of the workers there. And so he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, thank you. Like, I don't know either. So he's like, pull up the parking brake. So he used to pull up the parking brake. We figured it out. Okay. So before that, it. I had like, um, so we could still hear the radio and saw the air running because it was freaking hot. Even, like, later that evening. So, I had turned on, like, the, like, freaking remote start. So, it wasn't, like, fully on. Well, David didn't know. Down, didn't you? No, no. He didn't know. So, he was going to, like, so a lot of people were sitting on top of their cars. Mm-hmm. on like, laying on it. I'm like, you can do it. I don't care, buddy. You're not going to break the car. Because I have, like, the luggage rack. And so, when he opened the door, the alarm went off. <laughs> <laughs> he was, like, sinking in his chair. He's like, you oh, I'm so you I was that, that car. That Rockwell looking around be like, oh, so God. I'm so sorry. If you were at Tate Farms in Rockwell this weekend, that was us. I'm uh-huh. so sorry. And then I'm like, fuck, I don't remember how to even turn off the damn alarms. I'm like trying to punch buttons. See, I would have had to leave, I would have had to leave at that time. We couldn't time. leave, though. Oh, this is our... Um... We, we couldn't leave, so, you know, so she's going to answer the phone. And... No, I'm buzz- buzzing in okay. the So, show. we couldn't leave. Like, we were literally boxed in. I have pictures. I'll show you. So, it just was... <laughs> It was funny, and it's going to make for a great story because he was so embarrassed, and I was just like, I'm so sorry, buddy. So, the I'll, I'll post a picture I been like, on our patrons. That car again. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. That's a COVID party. And not I, well, luckily, no, like I said, we, I told David, I said, we're not getting out of the car. You know, everyone was social distancing, but there was a, two cars behind me and two cars in front of me, so I couldn't get out. You could park and have, like, a picnic. But I'm like, I want to stay in my car. Yeah. I don't want to get out of my car. So, you know, we literally got out one time to go to the restaurant. Tate Farms. Tate Farms in Rockwall. And it's a, um, it was a fundraiser for like the uh, local uh, Rockwall concept. So they charge admission? It's free. But you can donate. we donated $20. Gotcha. So the one that's coming up, it's $20 um, to get the tickets and you can have it for per car. But um, you can, it's for Patriot Paws, so it supports vets. Oh, nice. So that's what their their charity is next time. So, yeah, but they do, like, a pie fest. They have, like, arts and craft shows and stuff. It's a really cool little place. So, I don't know. It was fun. So that's the only exciting thing. And we painted Yoda. Yes, and we still have to do that. Um, we had, uh, we saw online there was a library near us that's doing, was doing do-it-yourself painting Yo- Baby Yoda. So we had gotten some canvas, and Mel and her son did that, but uh, um, I haven't done mine yet. Mel did it. David tried to do it, but with his ADHD, he, he just was... just couldn't focus. 
Did I not send you the picture? Yes, you did. <laughs> it's, it's abstract Yoda. I watched the video of their Yoda, and it wasn't the same as the picture. It's not, but it was so pretty I easy, do it though. different. I want to do it more like the picture when I do mine. Yeah, it was really easy, but my Yoda looks like he's flipping somebody off, and so... I love it. Um, whoops. Whoops. Did you just stop saying... I didn't stop. We're still recording. Okay. I just kind of put it back on. There you go. Yeah, the only thing that was fun or interesting for us this week is that, you know, Butter the Bird. Yes. Um, we have not gotten his wings clipped yet or his flight feathers or whatever because... Because what happened was... <laughs> yeah, what happened was, go back to episodes, the one that says <laughs> Butter the Bird, and find out. Um, but we were going to, but Isabel is just dead set against getting his wings clipped. And then my co-worker said that she took her parakeet and it was really trauma- tra- traumatic for them. Yeah, parakeets don't <sighs> do good either when they have traumatic things happen. Yeah, like I said, so... mine needs to fly into the fan. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't do that, but she's been really, really wanting to take him out of his cage because yeah. she said it's important for bonding and all this stuff like that. And I'm like, he has the brain the size of a walnut, but... Um, our Chinese food's here. Our Chinese food's here. So let's pause for a second. We're going to pause. I'll oh, be right Lord. back. We're back. Food's we here. We got our Chinese food. What happened? Oh, this scared me. I thought it shut off. Do again. you want your food now? Are you hungry? Um, in a minute. We'll okay. Get it. In a minute. Not for you, Jasper. Anyway, butter the bird. So to me, I don't really understand because his brain is like the size of a walnut, but apparently it's a big deal. Sorry, the deal. But yeah. they're really smart, though. Yeah, they are. So she's been really wanting to get him out of the cage, and I basically told her no, because he will die. And I cannot live with that. So <laughs> that I'm flying around. <laughs> so she had seen online these people got these like mesh uh-huh. tents. So I got her this as a surprise. I didn't tell her I ordered. I ordered this mesh tent mm-hmm. for her to be able to get take go inside the tent with the cage and then open it up. The first day she spent all day in that tent with that bird. But she made her day. I saw she, the picture. And she she was so, so happy. happy. She just looked know, so happy. Ironically, the that day. After I, okay, so the day I ordered it, the next day she told me that she was, hadn't been feeling very well lately. You know, she struggles with mental illness. It's something we talked about. She's on the spectrum. And it's hard for kids like that. Mm-hmm. They, they don't understand a lot of stuff. Um, so I told her, you know, that we're going to work on things. First thing is getting, you know, we're going to work on getting a set schedule and working on your mental health without resorting to medicine. If we have to go the route of medicine, we will. Right. But medicine is not a fix-all. I'm, let me make this clear. I in no way say medicine is bad. Sometimes medicine is needed. Yes. But it's not a fix-all, and it's not a magic cure, and if she doesn't try to do other things, it's, it's not, not going to help. It. Right. Right. So then when that came the next day, she was just like, I'm so happy. You know, and I know momentary happiness is not the same as, you know, making depression better. But it's better, little things like that. But it's little things like mm-hmm. that, that that brighten your day. Because now she can spend time with her bird, who she really, you know, likes spending time. Yes, when she loves that damn bird. It's her baby. So it's anyway, her baby with feathers. That was fun. And I was, I'm still scared, like, is there any holes in the tent? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> she doesn't want it to happen. What happened? <laughs> like, she's at the vet office where it yeah. flew. <laughs> what episode that was. Oh, that's it's, some funny shit. It's fucking hot in here. Is it just me? Because you're next to me. <laughs> Smoking. So this uh, week is true crime. It is true crime, and I have a listener story. Oh, yes. He asked to remain anonymous. Oh, wow. Really? It's someone that we've known for 30 plus years. But, but he asked to be He asked to remain anonymous. anonymous so. But we know who he is. Yes, we do. So he, sent, he actually texted me last night um, while he was at work. He was listening to our, our uh, episode 32. So it says, just heard your 32nd podcast. 
30-second episode, I guess is what he meant. Um, I wish we had our 30-second podcast. We'd be some rich bitches. <laughs> so, about nine years ago, we... So, he works at wait, a... Wait, what was our 30-second podcast? 30-second uh, was... Uh, it's, your, it's, it's a paranormal where I talked about um, the... You talked about... Oh, my God. You t- I talked about demonic possession. Yes, possession. And, and I talked about the um, Slaughterhouse King. Yes. Okay. How to think about it. That was a good episode. If you haven't heard that one, Mel's back. brain's really t- more tired today than normal, so Mel's really going to be really dingy. <laughs> Don't be surprised. Um, so, um, and he works at a hospital, so that's why. And he worked in the ER as um, a tech, so... Okay. About nine years ago, we had a 17-year-old girl come in for altered mental status by um, EMS. We got her into the room, and her body was rigid as a board and was screaming into a screaming in tongues. Oh, wow. We thought she was under the influence, so we chemically sedated her or tried to. We gave her twice the dose. She broke out of the restraints and hit a few of us. It took five of us to keep her down, and all she did was laugh. The hospital uh, PDF showed up, I guess a physician on call, showed up and put her, or police, I guess, um, showed up and put her in cuffs, but we had to take them off because she started cutting her wrists into them trying to get out. Oh, my God. The hospital police showed up, oh, he sent, already sent me that. Let me go. He sent it class. (laughs) The family um, finally showed up and told us that she had missed her weekly visit and she was undergoing an exorcism. Oh, my God. As crazy as it sounded, we allowed the priest to come into the room and perform it in the ER. (gasps) I volunteered to stay in the room with the patient. Who wouldn't? I would have volunteered Holy (laughs) fuck. I saw and heard shit that I still have a hard time believing. After two hours of praying and other things, she finally calmed down. She didn't remember a damn thing about what happened or even how she got there. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the end of I want to know more about what he saw and heard. That's what I want to know. And that is the coolest story. I want to yes. work in a hospital now just for the off chance that I might get to witness a demonic possession. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's pretty crazy. Oh, that's creepy. Thanks for sharing, anonymous yes. listener. Anonymous. <laughs> I yes. get why he wants to remain anonymous, though, because it's his job and that's yes. patient confidentiality. Yes, he is still at that job. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and he did tell me another story that I want to look up. That's so funny. Oh, when he worked way. at the jail, <laughs> and it's about a guy that was a cannibal that was here in Texas and so and he doesn't think there's much about it out there um, so I do want to do research on it he sent me two different stories to look at that is so cool. maybe next time I, he said he's a serial killer so maybe I'll choose him for my serial killer but he was pretty apparently he something with his family he did something with his family and then was a cannibal so that is wicked yeah yeah, we know you guys have stories. Y'all need to keep sending them in. Yes, that is pretty we cool. Yes, we love this. We love hearing these kind of stories. That is awesome. So I'm going to text him right now that you want to know more about what. Yes, I need to know more. Well, he needs to listen to the episode, and then he would know that we know more. Yes. But this doesn't come out for two more weeks. When 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 will this episode release, Mel? This one's going to release July 24th. Okay, July 24th. Mel okay. looked at the calendar because. Because <laughs> I ask you that every time. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> so, um, my true crime story uh, just happened a little over a year ago. Actually, July of 2019, so right at a year ago. And some of you may have already heard about her. I had heard about it in, like, just some news stories that have come up, but mm-hmm. I've not really done a whole lot of research. It's a really, really tragic story. All of them are true crime stories are tragic, of course. 
Um, but this story is about Bianca Michelle Devins, and she was 17 years old in July of 2019, and she was born October 2nd, 2001, and my daughter's birthday is oh, October 3rd. she's Caitlin's age, because yeah. she was born in August of 01. Yeah, so she was 17 when she um, was murdered. And she's beautiful, guys. She I is, the yes. She's gorgeous. So, um, I'm going to get into this story and hope I can follow it without getting too sad, because it's really, really sad. Um, anyway, she was from Utica, New York, and she had a following on Instagram and other social media. She was what's called an e-girl. Do you know what an e-girl is? I don't know what an e-girl is. So, they're known mainly for their... Um, the look that they portray, it's like candy-colored hair, dramatic oh, okay. eyeliner, okay. Um, things like that. She was, she was known as an e-girl. She was under the Instagram handle Ecstasy, and she regularly posted on message board 4chan as well, which I've heard do, I've not been on 4chan, and I don't want to go on 4chan. Um, her oh. stories, yeah. So she had about 2,000 followers at the time <clears throat> of her death. So she was she had a moderate following. Um, of course, after she died, it just skyrocketed, and some people say she was an Instagram star, but really she wasn't. She was just she was just a normal right. girl. Um, her social media portrays her as the Lolita goth princess, pouting, preening next to heart shaped handcuffs, Louis Vuitton branded handguns, and bound and gagged Hello Kitties. She was oh. also um, the handle B G T F O. That and. And that handle, she was the girl next door. She would take pictures with her sister on Christmas morning. She would, you know, have pastel barrettes holding her toddler half-sister on her hip. So she basically had two Instagram She had more than two. She had several online handles on all these different platforms. But the one main one that, like, yes. where she was a normal girl next door. Yes, it was different. Yeah. I ain't got time for that shit. Yeah, you're going to be see the real yeah. me or you're not going to see the real me. I'm at the point, I don't care. I post fuck all the time. <laughs> I don't care. You're the same way. Like, we yeah, don't care. Don't like, for take that. me as I am. I do put a little bit more racy stuff on my Instagram mm-hmm. than I do my Facebook because my Facebook is more family um, and coworkers. And then my Instagram, I don't. Um, if you're on my Instagram, then I know you very well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She was also ox. Oxycontin, the teen, queen of darkness, boozy-eyed and bruised-kneed, uh, short plaid skirts, converse, smoking, rolling her eyes. Um, she actually had posted, literally so tired and everything's annoying and I'm going through an episode, LOL. So she was typical teen girl. Yeah. I mean, it's the kind that we would roll our eyes at, but it's cute. It's, yeah. it's what kept her going. She was really troubled, out, actually, as well. And that was probably her therapy, too. Yeah, yeah. So on Tumblr, she was Switchblades. <clears throat> um, on 4chan, she was Oxy. And on Snapchat, she was Virgo Venus. On Discord, she was BIA. Um, the people who loved her called her BIA or B. Those who hated her, mostly men, mostly strangers, of course. Hey, send me nudes. No, you're a bitch. You know, that's the kind of stuff that women have to go through. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They called her an e-whore, um, or BPD, which is borderline personality disorder, a slut, a roasty, which is a slang for a sexually active woman, because she grew up on the internet, where such slurs are the currency, she learned not to mind it. She, I mean, that they're just used to hearing that. So she said, when people call me things like BPD, slut, it's kind of funny and hot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what she wrote on the anonymous Q&A app, Telenim, re- referencing a meme intending to convey mock embarrassment. Oh, it says, and I, oop. Yeah. Yeah, these, these people that, I don't know if you ever get them, but they're like, 
they reach out to you and I just like block, block. I just block it. Well, like, I don't see them until I go to see the messages that I didn't look at because it's people I don't know. And then I see ones and they're already old and I don't have to fuck with them. And I block them. Yeah, I, just I, just block them. I don't even them. answer. <clears throat> so in real life, this is the, the teen girl that stole a Trump 2016 signs from her neighbor's lawn. <laughs> <laughs> she helped organize a student walkout after the Parkland shooting. She had spent hours counseling a teenage girl she'd never met through her mental health issues. She um, would also spend hours doing things like drawing a stranger's portrait. Um, an overweight bullied kid in her class would later say that she was the only girl in high school to ever have been nice to him. Aww. Yeah. I hate to hear that. Yes. Yeah. She, uh, that's what I'm saying. I hope I can make it through this because she just was a sweet girl. Um... She loved babies, kittens, chocolate fudge brownies, the breakfast club, who doesn't, um, and buying pastel wigs to to do cosplay shoots with her best friend. The only thing she struggled to love was herself, so she did have quite a bit of um, mental health issues in her young life. So those in Utica knew her, said she was supportive and a kind-hearted friend, but they also described her behavior as occasionally erratic. Some of it was mildly eccentric, even charming, and could be attributed to the quirks of an offbeat teenage girl such as cutting off all her hair and then dyeing it on a whim or running around Walmart with a lampshade on her head. That's normal teenage Yes, stuff. And I know. I fell in love with this, this story. I fell in love with this little girl, and it just breaks my heart that she was I mean, murdered. How so many brutally. times when we were younger, it's like, I'm going to cut my bangs. Yes, <laughs> I got yes. to cut our bangs. Like, how many times have people now in quarantine have cut their bangs? I mean, don't cut your normal bangs. Normal stuff. Yes, like, yes. So her post regularly featured webcam selfies. Um, Adopting that e-girl aesthetic, which, like I just said, was dramatic eyeliner, rainbow-colored right. hair, and MySpace-style graphics. Her last post was actually shared just um, two days before she was killed in July. And this was shared July 12, 2019. And the caption said, how is everyone doing today? And that's really all it said. Mm-hmm. So after she was due to graduate <clears throat> and she was going to attend Mohawk Valley Community College, which is a school just 15 minutes away from her home, to major in psychology. Her mom, Kim, says that she was going to come home to do laundry. She didn't mm-hmm. want to be too far away from us. Mm-hmm. So on the forum, a little bit more history about her and her troubled life. On the for, the website, no, sorry, the platform 4chan, uh-huh. there's all the different these different forums. So, 4chan, is it another, like, it's like a MySpace or, like, another app? Um, or like it's Twitch? more like a sh- um, an app with threads, like, you can, kind of like Reddit. Okay, so kind of like, almost like how AOL online used to be. I think so. Okay. I've only seen screenshots, so like, I don't do it, because I've heard, like, you can, has, like there's different no monitoring and stuff. And stuff. Oh, yeah, I yeah, know. So, she was in a forum called RK9, and it's a forum for posting original content. In practice, however, it's really a bunch of loner-type people hanging around talking about being depressed and why they're depressed. So, a lot of introverts. <laughs> yes. That's, that's what one person says about it. I didn't say that about it. So, if you're on RK9, k <laughs> I am not saying that you're depressed. We're just the messengers. Yes. Um, that, that's how one person who met her on Discord in 2016 describes that forum. Um, it's also predominantly male, which means that girls on that forum often garner large followings in a short amount of time. These girls tend to share similar characteristics. They're slender, they're round-eyed, they're overwhelmingly white with a fondness for cosplay or Japanese or Korean fashion. So you're getting the idea of these type of girls. They're frequently referred to as Like e-girls. anime. Yes, but more often it's um, used in a derogatory or sexualized context. So... The popular girls on R9K have two major things in common. This is what they say. I'm not saying this. This is what. Yes. 
don't want anyone to think that I'm downing because I swear to God, I probably have one fucking person on yeah, that you, forum. You obviously <laughs> don't know Belle and myself, but we're pretty fucking weird. <laughs> they tend to struggle with mental illness. They tend to be very, very young. Um, one girl says, one, she says, a lot of us get roped into it when we're 13 or 14 because we're so lonely in real life. In this day and age, it's like, it's, it's all online. Yeah. They have is- Everything mm-hmm. is. They have issues that prevent them from being socially fulfilled in other ways. And she said, we stay in these communities and it's hard for us to get out. So despite their young age, many of these girls attract older male devotees. Of course. Mm. They're also called orbiters. <laughs> because they orbit around this girl. What? It's just orbiters. Like, orbiter, why? Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess because, like, yeah, it's like they orbit around. They they get obsessed in, around this one person. Like stalking and stuff happens. Yeah, kind of, yes. And they kind of worship younger girls. Okay, um, boomer. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> they idol or hello, dear. How are you doing, dear? They idolize them and they become obsessed with them. Often, orbiters will send girls gifts, money, drugs, expecting some form of attention, or at the very least, nude photos in return. And, you know, the thing about 4chan and, and these girls on these platforms is their parents know have no nothing. Clue. Yeah. yeah, they have no idea. They have n- no clue that they're doing this. Mm. And the girls don't see it as anything dangerous. They think, oh, I'm getting attention. It's not that big of a right. deal. Um, if the girl does anything that somehow deviates from an orbiter's perception of her, the retaliation is often dramatic, involving her being, um, like, uh, insulted, her nudes being leaked. Some girls said um, uh, that they had been threatened with violence or people even arriving at their homes unannounced. Oh, hell no. Nah. Um, one girl said that an orbiter called in a mass shooting threat to her school. What the hell? So for these young women, being engaged in these communities is an ego boost. I can't. But it's also kind of a self-harm, yeah. So I'm quoting a lot of different sources when I'm reading this. Um, one of the main ones that I got my information from, and that I want to be clear because I never want to be accused of plagiarism, is the um, Rolling Stone did an article on this, and then just different articles online about her because there's, I mean, you yeah. search her name. The one thing I wanted to try to find out was more about her. And you, you search her name and you find out about the crime, about yes. the murder. And, yeah. But I wanted to find out more about her. And Rolling Stone did a really good job about that. So Bianca, in particular, she was well known for engaging her orbiters. Like One person even said she was too nice to ignore people like that. She was just too nice sometimes. Right. So she tended to leave doors open online that should have stayed <clears throat> shut. <clears throat> Another ex-boyfriend, let's call him Rob... Um, he asked to remain anonymous due to potential legal issues. They say that he says that they met in early 2017 on 4chan. Um, is a different uh, board though. Is a different one. He said I was fucking lonely. He was 18 and Bianca was 15. She was lonely too. Within a week, Bianca asked Rob to be her boyfriend. They dated on and off for the next two years. Bianca asked him to be. Yeah, yeah. Bianca asked him to be her boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So within a week, he says, yeah. He asked her. She asked him. Yes, that's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, normally it's a guy asking right, the girl. Right, right, right. So I'm just... So they dated on and off for the next two years. In August of 2017, so this was two years before she died, um, she was 15, she ran away to Long Island where Rob lived. Okay, by so tra- in New York still. Yeah, yeah. 
So by tracking her phone and enlisting the help of a private investigator, her mom, Kim, was able to track her down. Kim says that when Bianca found out that the police were looking for her, she attempted to run in front of a car, which led her to be institutionalized at a mental health facility in Nassau County. Yeah, she was troubled. She was really, really troubled. And a bit traumatic. I mean, it's like a 15-year-old. They're so dramatic. 15-year-old girl. Yes. Mm -hmm. Life is over. You know, they don't realize they don't see the bigger picture. According to Kim, uh, Bianca's friends and Rob himself... Bianca and Rob had a toxic relationship. Rob struggled with substance abuse and bipolar, and the two would feed off each other. Oh, that's great. Even though Rob was not involved in her murder, this kind of... But that... How she developed into the young woman that she was to be... To get involved with this other guy. You know, because normally you would be, why would you get involved with this weirdo? Um... Uh... Kim and Bianca's friends accused Rob of stalking her, attempting to access her social media account, showing up at her door unannounced. He denies all of it, says that he gave, she gave him the passwords. But that winter, Bianca did break up with him after he accused her of messaging other guys. So she's saying, don't, don't be like that. And she's 15, and she yes. probably was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how she liked that attention. So according to Bianca's friends... A little bit of narcissism, too, like... With her, yeah, team. yeah, yeah. You you don't own me. Yeah, I can't go with other boys. Yeah. <clears throat> so according to her friends, he retaliated by sending people on Discord sexually explicit content featuring him and Bianca. She was fifteen at the time, without her consent. He admits to posting it, but he claims that she was going to share it as well. So, and that's why he didn't want to identify himself because he posted. Sexually explicit shit of a 15-year-old girl. And he's not a minor. Yes, online. He's 18. He's considered an adult. Yeah, so, you know, that hit her mental health big time. So, Bianca showed the screenshots to her mom, and the two reported Rob to the police, which they should. So, later, after he threatened suicide, Bianca refused to cooperate with the investigation. Again, 15, she's like, look, I don't want him to kill himself. I'm not going to, whatever. She was 15. She was brainwashed. Mm-hmm. So her mom says that she wasn't making decisions that made any sense. Um, I may run late with this, too. Sorry. So despite what Rob did, Bianca kept running away to be with him. Because she's 15. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. According to Utica Police, Kim, her mom, filed at least three missing persons reports between August 2017 and June of 2018. When asked why she kept running to him, Rob says simply she was lonely. She didn't really have anybody at the time. I was like the only option. The lesser of two evils. She could be alone or be with me. A lot of time these young people, and not just young people, fuck, people our age too, they, their whole relationships are online. Everything is online. Their friends are online. Like, they, they may go to school and see people, but really everything is online. So, when you are, you have shit going down online, it is very real. Yes. You know, some yeah. people might say, oh, it's, it's, what does it matter? It's online. No, it is very real to them. So, around that time, Kim says that Bianca told one of her mental health counselors that she had fantasized about going to a parking garage and jumping off. She was subsequently placed in a psychiatric facility in Utica for a month, and by all accounts, she enjoyed her time there. Actually, she, her family bought her pizza. She was considered popular in the facility. This is the first time in years that, um, she said, this is the first time in years that I feel like I have actual friends. Um, but not long after she was released, she left home to be with Rob again. <clears throat> Unable to keep her from running away, Kim placed her on the Persons in Need of Supervision hold, with a judge ordering her to wear an ankle monitor and be placed on house arrest. 
It's good Which to is know probably you, the best thing to do. Yes, yes. So in a video, Kim, um, this person who was quoting this, showed Bianca singing a song, Can't Help Falling in Love, and playing the ukulele. Um, you can actually see the ankle monitor in this video. So, but in June 2018, she violated the order and cut off her ankle monitor and ran away again. <laughs> so in October, Such a rebel. I know. So in October 2018, she moved to St. Anne Institute, a residential placement facility, and she spent most of 2018 away from the family. But her mom says that it was the best thing that ever happened to her. She found a counselor she liked. She started a type of cognitive behavioral therapy um, that reduced suicidal ideation and self-destructive behavior. Which is what she needs. Yes. Um, I'm trying to figure, find it. We're almost to the point of taking a break. Uh, and she felt, Bianca seemed to feel the same way, that it was good for her. So in one Mother's Day Instagram post, Bianca photoshopped herself into family photos. Because she wasn't there with the family. Aww. And that's so sad. She thanked um, her parents for being there for her while she was away. She said, I've learned so much and I appreciate you more now than I ever have. I hope I can make you both proud of me. I'm doing my best for both of you because I love you. So then in February 2019, so just a few short months before her murder, she came home returning to, and ultimately graduating from high school. And by all accounts, including her own, her mental health had exponentially improved. I have really never been happier and doing generally better, she said in May of 2019 on the Q&A app Telenin. This They found all this information out right. by records in her laptop and her phone. Um, she said, I'm almost 18, and I look at myself two years ago, and I'm like, damn. She was looking forward to college, and she eventually wanted to transfer to a school in New York City. She was on the up, said her friend. She was getting better, and her life was turning around. She also had reconnected with many of her friends, including her one ex-boyfriend named Ward. Um, her mom says they were inseparable, and Ward said he spoke to her almost every day. He said, um, oh, this is the sad part. He had dated a few people since he had, they had split, and he says there weren't anything special compared to her. And right before she died, he was planning to tell her about his feelings. Aww. But instead, the last thing they ever talked about was Area 51 memes. Remember Everyone right Yes. Everyone. So about a year before Bianca's death, while Bianca was in the throes of her depression, Kim gave Bianca a card, which Kim found in her room after she died. On the card, Kim wrote, If you can't hang on for you, hang on for me. If that's the only thing keeping you alive, let me be your reason to live, because I can't live without you. Aww. Bianca had promised her that she would keep hanging on and keep fighting, and was starting to seem like she'd make it, like everything would be okay. Her mom says, I fought for her so many years, for so long, and we finally were coming out the other end. And then, she says, he took her from us. So, I think it's a good time for a break. Yes. And then I'll talk about... Take a break, a break. The murder. All right. Yeah, mine's not too long, so... Stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Welcome back to Goth and Bougie. As we eat our Chinese food. Mel has her Chinese food. She's happy now. I am happy. I'm telling you guys, if you live in Carrollton, the best Chinese place is China One. Just one? That's my fortune. <laughs> like, one now? The Angela. greatest lever for change is awareness. I should open mine now. It's Let's not see. a fortune. It's not a fortune. Let's see. Mine says... Today... 
you are wiser than usual and also less anxious. That's what? bullshit. <laughs> I am not wiser today. I'm tired today. That's funny. Hmm. Okay, so back to our story. Back to our story. So, in the spring of 2019, Bianca met Brandon Clark on social media. He was a 21-year-old from the Syracuse area, which was a little less than an hour away from Utica. He was fond of fitness, gaming, and the anime series Madoka Magica. Okay. Yeah, okay. But he also had a violent and traumatic past. When he was 12, his father held his mother hostage at knife point for 10 hours because he believed she was cheating on him. Stop it. (laughs) I know, right? Why didn't I think of that? (laughs) God. The, this, this is reading like some of our serial... Oh, he is a murderer, yeah. The incident led to his father serving time in prison. According to Clark's mother, after she was later arrested on unrelated charges, he was placed in foster care. <clears throat> so he had, a, he had some trouble. So mom was crazy too and was in all kinds of trouble as well. It just says she was arrested on unrelated charges and he was placed in foster care. So as a child, he was nerdy, polite, and solicitous to a fault says Joe, his friend, who's not his real name. Uh, Clark's childhood, it's his childhood best friend. He was also obsessive, who asked to remain, you've already said this twice, he asked to remain anonymous and they gave his name Joe. Okay, whatever. He was also obsessive, fixating on Pokemon or whatever caught his eye. Pokemon, go! I choose you! Pikachu! (laughs) Still, he says Clark was a relatively normal kid, and that the two were close. You know, if you think about any any teenager, you you probably could say, oh, there were some weird things about them. And yeah. They don't always turn out to be murderers. But most teenagers <coughs> are still trying to find themselves. Yeah. And they're quirky and... They do rebellious shit, stupid mm-hmm. shit. So he says um, he was a normal kid and the two were close until he learned that Clark had developed an obsession with a lollycon. So, a lollycon is... I was going what the fuck is a lollycon? It's a Japanese manga featuring young girls. And he found out that uh, Brandon was texting with a 12-year-old girl when he what? was 16. So, according to some screen grabs that his friend Joe shared with Rolling Stone, Joe and his friends confronted Clark about it. And he said, trust me, you're all better off not being concerned with the shit I do or think of doing because you won't like what you see. Um, Joe says he never spoke to him again. Yes. Yeah, and his, and his friends, his other teenage friends confronted him about it, said it's wrong, that's fucked up, and basically he said, don't You and I both, me. if someone had sent our 12-year-old daughter's shit and like this, we would have fucking found that man and he would be in dead. Yes. Um, so, basically he cut off his friendship with him after that which good for him i mean he told him it was wrong it'd be mm-hmm. one thing if the dude was like oh man i didn't know she was 12 well, you're right that's fucked up i won't that's do it again crazy. but basically brandon said it's no big deal leave me alone but no it is a big deal that's a really big deal yeah. so still even though he clearly had some issues when bianca's mom kim met him she found him charming and polite he even opened up to her telling her how he had spent his childhood pinballing through the foster care system so when Bianca told her mother that she was going to go with Brandon to a Nicole Dollinganger concert um, in New York City, mm-hmm. in uh, there's a small venue in Queens, she saw no reasons to say no, provided that Clark would drop her back off as soon as they got back to Utica. So this is a guy that he kind of ingratiated himself into the family, the mm-hmm. th- her family knew him, so it was a real life 
friendship right. that was not just online. So he, they knew him. <clears throat> so by all accounts, Bianca had been extremely clear with him about the nature of their relationship. Everyone says that Bianca was clear that they were not together. They're his friends. Yes. But the one thing that struck Kim as slightly odd is that Clark occasionally referred to himself as Bianca's boyfriend. Oh. And when Bianca had told her that he definitely was not, that she was 17 and ready, getting ready to go to college, and she didn't want a relationship. And he's 16? He's 21. 21 now. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she had made it clear. Even Chloe, Bianca's friend, says that she had complained about his, you know, Brandon's creepy, obsessive messages. But no one saw this as particularly unusual. At the end of the day, he was just another orbiter and was far from uncommon within the community for orbiters to exhibit this type of persistent boundary-crossing behavior. Mm. But the problem is she, like her friend said, allowed too much. She was too yeah, nice. it sounds like she allows a yes. lot. So um, her friend says these, these types of things are easy to ignore after you get so many of them. It's just like they just kind of brush them off. It's no big deal. them to it. Yeah, that's why, you're, you know, he's obsessed because he's my fan or whatever. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so on July 14, 2019 was supposed to go like this. In the early morning hours, Bianca was to arrive home, tiptoe through the living room, climb into bed, into the tiny room she shared with her sister, and fall asleep next to the pink clouds and anime-inspired artwork she'd pasted on her wall. Instead, this is how it actually went. So after the concert, um, at 6.03 a.m., a message was posted to Bianca's server on Discord, and it said... Sorry, fuckers, you're going to have to find somebody else to orbit, the message read, along with a photo of a dark-haired young woman with winged eyeliner and a black tank top. Hold on, I have to scroll down. Mm. Her throat was brutally cut and her face splattered with blood. At first glance, it would be easy to mistake the image for a low-budget slasher production. Many people actually did think that's what it was. And there was one person who was interviewed. They said, I didn't have an immediate reaction. I thought it was literally gore, like just something that somebody posted online. Like a fake picture? Yeah, like a fake picture. Um, but Because sometimes people do that. They edit them, they Photoshop them, make Mm-mm. it seem like really gross. But according to screen grabs from the chat, someone did a reverse image search and asked where the photo was from. The response was, <clears throat> my fucking car. I fuck Bianca, dumbass. The original poster responded before telling followers to subscribe to the YouTuber PewDiePie, a meme also cited by the Christchurch mosque shooter. Over the next few hours, Bianca's friends scrambled to figure out what was going on. Slowly, a portrait of the evening started to emerge. At the concert, Bianca and Brandon had met up with a third person, a guy who went by the handle, I don't know how to say this, O-I-P-U, and he was a longtime presence on the boards. He and Bianca had been part of the same online community. So it was mm-hmm. another person that she knew online. Um, but she hadn't met until... She hadn't met, yeah. So friends believe that this was the first time that they had actually met in person. So in the screen grabs of the Discord d- DMs with a friend, she gushes about that night in schoolgirl terms. He smells so nice, LOL, is one thing she said about this other guy. Mm. He's perfect, I'm in love. According to Belize, Bianca had kissed him while Brandon went to go get rolling papers. Brandon had apparently witnessed the kiss, and no one had heard from Bianca since. So, in some more Discord screen grabs from that morning, he says that Clark was nasty and combative, that guy, and that Bianca had given him his first kiss. 
At 7.21 a.m., an hour after Clark had posted the photo, calls began to pour into the Utica Police Department from all over the county, all over the country, reporting that a disturbing picture of a female was, that was named as Bianca Michelle Devins had been posted to Discord. <sighs> Thank God people called in. I know it's too late, but still. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of his, one of the detectives, whose name is Lieutenant Brian Coromato, he said the department also received calls from family members of Clark who had found a rambling missive akin to a suicide note at his aunt's home. So it's like, it's almost like he had already planned to do something like this because he had also posted alarming images and messages on his Instagram story, including an image of a woman's bloody arm with the caption, I'm sorry, Bianca, and changing his bio to show the current date as the day he died. Clark's mother tells Rolling Stone that at some point during the night, he sent her a message on Facebook that says, I'm so sorry, Mom, I love you. Hmm. So about 7.30 a.m., a 911 dispatcher received a call from Clark. He told her where he was located, Mm -hmm. which was on Post Street, a dead-end road about a mile from where Bianca had gone to school. And Clark told the dispatcher he had committed a murder-suicide and that he was an organ donor before saying... I have to do the suicide part of the murder-suicide, and he hung up. So according to police, they arrived a few minutes later to find Clark lying on top of a green tarp, a small fire raging a few feet away, where he had tried to destroy his laptop and hard drive, and he had spray-painted the words, may you never regret me on the ground. May you never forget me on the ground, sorry. And he was actually live-streaming for his Instagram followers at that time. So he then proceeded to cut his... suicide? Uh Uh-huh. With her dead body under the tarp. Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. He then proceeded to try to cut his throat before taking a selfie, which he also added to his Instagram story. Ashes to ashes, the caption read. I don't think he anticipated hurting as much as it did, though, is what one of the investigators said. Seriously? Yeah, he was rocking back and forth, fighting through the pain. One of the officers asked him where Bianca was, and he said, where the fuck do you think she is? According, um, according to Coromato, it was at that point that an officer observed dark hair peeking out from beneath the tarp. So he did survive his self-inflicted injuries. The next day, doctors deemed him well enough to undergo questioning. When they questioned him, um, at this time of the writing of this article, they couldn't release what he said because he was still awaiting trial. Those have been developments now. Um, he was very interested in what was on television about the case. So he wanted to know what was being put on television and social media about the case. That's what sociopath, his, narcissist. Mm-hmm. That was his concern. Asshole. Yeah. Um, so the only message that he wanted to convey was that he was not in parlance of the community. Wait, wait, wait. He was not just another one of Bianca's orbiters, but he was someone who was in control who couldn't be fucked with. Is what he basically wanted to give that message out to everyone. Um, But social media only added to the horror of everything that happened because the photo of her body had been posted on Discord, the hashtag RIP Bianca had started trending, and that the pictures were just, just went viral. Everyone everyone was sharing the pictures. Um, Her murder immediately became something of a canvas onto which people could project their own agendas. There were even some people who were posting things saying that they had a video of the murder, but there was no video um some people and they would ask for like if you send me this i'll send you the video um that's crazy. some people reporting that she'd been in by decapitated she had not been decapitated not beca- yeah. um so it really just social media just took it up and it went crazy right? like it often does on, on social media 
So there was a lot of misinformation about her murder that was spreading, but the photos also were starting to spread. It went all through Instagram, and Instagram was really ripped for not taking the photos down soon enough. Um, but now Instagram and uh, Facebook and the other social media apps have uploaded the images into one of their image databases, and if it's ever uh, deemed to be posted again, it immediately comes down. Um, and That's you get yeah yeah so so it's horrible yeah so where is he now so let me skip through this so blah 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 a lot of people just talking about how just how traumatizing it was so on July 29 2019 he was 21 at the time he so about a year ago yeah so she was murdered on July 14th and this was a week and a half what two weeks later uh, he pleaded not guilty to second-degree murder the same day, Facebook terminated his social media accounts and added images of the murder to the digital f- fingerprint databases that I just told you about. Um, the hashtag YesJuliet was also blacklisted because that was something that they were sharing the um, picture of her corpse on, which is horrible. But then on February 10th, 2020, that's just this year now because he was, he was pled not guilty July 29th, 2019. All along, he's been waiting for trial, investigations right. going. But then on February 10th, 2020, he actually changed his plea to guilty. So he pleaded guilty to second-degree murder in Oneida. So at first, he pleaded not guilty? Yeah, yeah. And now he's changed his plea to be guilty. And he is to second-degree murder in Oneida County. County Court, sorry, according to the district attorney. This was done with the understanding that he would receive the maximum sentence of 25 years to life. And this is actually a surprising development because he had previously pled not guilty and saying that he he is all this, you know, all these um, craziness. But he still has um, not been fully sentenced. I couldn't find that he's actually been sentenced yet. The latest was that he had changed his plea in February. So he's now awaiting sentencing. But he would at least get 25 years, if not life. And that is the story of Bianca Michelle Devins. So I pulled up Twitter, and I just looked at hashtag R.A.P. Bianca, and it's just blown up. Yeah, and her, like, her Instagram is she's still She's beautiful. Up. She's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful girl. Look, her Instagram is still up. Holy cow. Sweet girl. Um, but she's a beautiful Isn't girl. She? So. she was troubled. She was too nice to people. She liked the attention. And she attracted the attention of a fucking side. I mean, she had pink hair at one point, and it's yeah. beautiful. She's so pretty. But so apparently, there's text stuff as well um, from Discord that from somebody. This dude lost his mind because he didn't like. Oh, that he it's from friends and stuff. So there's all kinds of stuff on there. So if you look at hashtag RIP Bianca, and I'm mm-hmm. on Twitter, you can see some of the stuff that was was yeah. said and done and stuff like. It's crazy. Yeah, he got mad. Well, you know, I was reading the story. You know, it says that part of his dash cam, his dash cam actually captured part of the interchange between him and Bianca. She was apparently asleep in the back seat on the way home from the concert, mm-hmm. and he woke her up and started an argument with her about her kissing this other guy. But and when she was like, "Look, I'm not with you. We're not together. Sorry, but." sorry you misunderstood our relationship but you know we're not together type of thing that's when he stopped the car and then 
attacked her with a knife he hid beside the seat. So it clearly wasn't something in the moment of rage because he had hit a fucking knife. So at some point in time, he had thought to hide a knife. It was definitely premeditated. Yes, and he had also they'd also found some searches in his computer for different things like how to incapacitate somebody and things like that. So how to find the jugular. So things like so he clearly had thought about something and maybe just waiting for the time. Of where she would piss him off, and, and it was July fourth. Was it July fourteenth? You said that she mm-hmm. was murdered. Yeah. So like, here's a on Instagram. I mean, on Twitter, an eighteen year old was just murdered by mm-hmm. a guy she met on Discord. He posted photos of her sawed off head on 4chan and chat logs from the Discord indicate that he did it out of jealousy. She was going to a festival with another guy she met on Discord. That's what I've gathered. So like, people twist. But still, the truth still, and, it's not true. She wasn't decapitated. And then he says he t- hinted on his intentions on Instagram under the username at dot yes Juliet and stories that have since um, expired. He did hint at his intentions, but by some of the posts he had done before, but I just don't think, I don't know if he planned it for that. This guy's saying, I've seen the photos of her decapitation. No. that no. Well, that's clearly not true, but plenty of people out there have seen the photos of, of that he posted of her corpse of him killing her so but there is no video of him killing her and there is she was not decapitated but she her throat was slit and she was stabbed and she was murdered brutally he obviously was stalking her yeah Mm -hmm. and you know becoming obsessed yeah obsessed crazily obsessed Yes. yes and he thought it was more than what it was yeah that's just crazy. It's scary. You befriend somebody thinking, oh, he's just a nice guy. It, it kind of makes you think twice about those guys that hit on you so much. Oh, man, I know. I, lo- watched, I was looking at her pictures. So, Melanie just showed me a picture of her, and she's just the sweetest girl. her sister and her mom. Mm-hmm. So this is her sister's Instagram. I hate that I have to write this. I hate knowing you're not going to ever come back home. You are the best sister anyone would, um, could have ever asked for. Thank you for always being there for me. Thank you for being the best sister I could ever imagine. Thank you for the always protecting me and sticking up for me. I'm going to do this for you. Every day I'm going to do my best. And I'm mm-hmm. going to get through this thing called life and do it all for you. Rest easy. I love you so much forever and always. You know, she was really troubled early on. And she seemed to have been getting her life on track, becoming a young woman, had yes. plans for her life. And then this psycho just took it all away. Um, you know, we have all, as women, and I'm sure guys too, but we have all have had these guys that are just too obsessed. And we're like, oh, you're so sweet. Thanks so much. But, and you know, you think, oh, they're just they're just nice guys. They just like me a whole lot. And it makes you a little wary of like, hmm. Here's a picture from his Discord. Sorry, fuckers, you're going to have to find something else to orbit. Yep, yep, that's exactly what he yeah, said. so his Discord is still, yeah. that's still up. So it's just crazy. Like, I don't know. People are nuts. Yeah. So, my true crime story. So, I actually got the text from the anonymous person, and I will share that in the next episode. Oh, okay. For the, tell the us, serial killer. To tell us more about the demonic yes. possession. Okay. So, you guys have to stay tuned to hear that on episode 35. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, wait, which mm-hmm. one? Oh, my God. It'll be in August already. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, so, mine is about the murder of Nicole Vandenherk. It's in Germany. So, Nicole was born on July 4th, 1980 in Erklizens, Germany. And again, if you're German and you're listening, I don't know how to say <laughs> right? this shit, so I'm so sorry. Her mother, Angelica Tegtmeier, had given birth to her after a one-time rendezvous with a married man. And 
taking pictures. When Nicole was two years old, um, Angelica met and married Dutch singer Ad Van Den Herk. A few years later, and Ad became Nicole's legally recognized father. So mom um, was married, um, and she was having an affair, basically, a rendezvous with a married man, but she was also having an affair with this Ad Van Den Herk person wow that's a singer and so i don't and i never found if they did dna or or not but he wound up being legally recognized as her father oh wow okay so um so angelica it seemed wasn't one for marriage and in 1989 she and her new husband divorced surprisingly so he she divorced ad ad him for her i look horrible today you're taking pictures (laughs) oh she and her new husband divorced again um so he actually won custody of Nicole and began raising her as his own. Okay. So, you know, this is the second story I've done that the step parent gets the kid. That's yeah, fucking weird, weird to me. It's very unusual. Yes. So as it turned out, that was a very good thing because six years later her mom committed suicide. Oh. So that's sad. it's a good thing that he not a good thing she committed suicide, but a good thing that he had custody because she probably had mental illness that was going on that she may have had some abuse going on and that's why um, we don't know the backstory to that. Right. Okay. Um, Nicole didn't always stay with her stepfather though. As a singer, he often traveled and um, she would have to stay with her grandmother in the Netherlands. Um, she was 15 and was just getting over the news that her mother had committed suicide, so it wasn't exactly a happy time in her life. She had gotten a holiday job working at a bakery in the one sale. Wansel, W-O-E-N-S-E-L, Wansel, I don't know, Wansel, I don't know how to say Netherlands, I don't know Netherlands Uh, accent, are they Sweden, they talk like Sweden, we said Sweden, (laughs) I I honestly don't know, I'm sorry if we offend anyone with that, Wansel Shopping (laughs) Center in nearby Antoven, oh it's Dutch, so in the Dutch province of North Brabant, it was Friday, October 6th, 1995 and Nicole had just left her grandmother's at around 5.15 to pick up a 6 o'clock shift at the bakery. She left on her bike but she never arrived to work. So somewhere from her leaving her grandmother's house to, to getting to work. supposed to get there. Yes. Yeah. So it, a day later the police located Nicole's bike um, in a river, Domal River. They began a full investigation of the river and the surrounding forest, but could find no sign of her or anything else from her other than her bike. Um, it wasn't until nearly um, two weeks later that they found her rucksack, so her backpack yeah, yeah. bag, um, which she'd had on the night she left um, near Eindhoven's Canal. So, meanwhile, Nicole's grandmother and stepfather were beside themselves with worry, which I can't imagine, like, what you're going through, and your kids are missing. Yeah. Like, I just can't imagine, because you always think the worst, mm-hmm. you know. Um, initially, the police had treated the missing girl as a runaway, but both of her guardians um, denied the hypothesis that she'd run away to Germany. See, I think the whole treating it as a runaway is bullshit. If the uh, Bullshit. A lot if, of people, they do that in, from certain ages right now. Oh, they're probably just ran away. We can't do an Amber Alert yet. You know, here But even States. if they did run away, they're still underage and they're in danger. Yes. This Whether they're in danger to somebody else, they're endangering to themselves. Yes. Like, yes, I totally agree with that. Um... So they were considered her a runaway, but both of her, like again, both of the guardians, her mom and her stepdad, were like, "No, that's not. She's not a runaway. She's a happy girl. Her mom committed suicide. She's she's not. She's not run away. Right. She was going to work." Um, 
But if she wasn't in Germany, because that's where they think she would run away to, then with extended family, then where was she? Like, yeah. where would she have gone? Because her mom committed suicide, you know, and she was pretty happy, you yeah. know, most of the time. So more than a month later, on November 22nd, 1995, a driver spotted what looked like a body in the woods on the oh, side of the road no. between the towns of Mirlo and Lerop. It was the body of her, of Nicole Vandenberg, Herc, excuse me. I'm thinking James Vanderbeek, because it keeps popping in my head. Nicole Vandenberg. Um, her funeral was held on November 28th and was attended by thousands of mourners. Most of which had come out after hearing of her disappearance on the news. And a lot of them were people that were searching for her that didn't even know her. Um, That's sad. Which happens often, you know, when kids go missing or someone goes missing, that people, random people will just come help look for those people, you know, missing people. So the Open Bar Ministry, this is to say the Office of Public Prosecution in the area, believed that Nicole's cause of death was most likely the result of a stab wound, which caused internal bleeding. So had someone found her body, they probably would. She would probably still be alive, but they didn't. Yeah. They weren't persistent. She was a runaway, you know. So unfortunately, her family was so determined to have her buried fast that a proper autopsy couldn't be performed. As such, finding a, the person that killed but why her. Why? But why? Why? I wonder why. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. So after finding uh, to finding her killer was going to be a challenge. And it could have been because she had been not found. So her body was decomposing, you know, and it was hard probably to see her like that. And they knew she had suffered and they just wanted yeah. to lay her to pee, you know, rest. Right. So the initial search for, the, uh, for her had garnered so much media attention that the police received around 300 tips in a short amount of time. And they kept coming um, even after her body was found. So after her funeral, an anonymous caller called police and told them they could identify the killer, but then ended the call. Police tried to broadcast the call over the um, over like media. They didn't really have. I mean, it was what ninety five. I said. Yeah. They didn't really have social media back then. No, we had, we, not really. we didn't even have like AOL chat rooms yet. Like that didn't start until closer to like the late nineties. That was like ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. Because I remember when Ash was little. Mm-hmm. So. They were trying to um, get it out. Media attention that the police received around 300 tips in a short amount of time. Um, and they kept coming even, like I said, after her body was found. Hold on, I lost my place here. Oh, my God, I do. I told y'all I'm tired today. I'm tired every day. Shit. I'm not going to lie. So, um, they tried to broadcast the call over the media in an effort to find whoever the person was that said, I know the killer isn't hung up, but they were not successful so as time went on they previously um ample team of detectives was reduced to four and in uh, 1996 february of 1996 a friend of the vandenherk family was arrested for drug trafficking while in police custody he told the police that nicole had been involved somehow and that she had been forced to smuggle heroin by men involved in the killing unfortunately the man's story held no water he was just trying to get off of these charges. Oh. Hell no water and the police tried to go down other avenues. Next, in May and June of that year, her stepfather, Ad, and her stepbrother, Andy, were both arrested in connection with the killing. They were obvious suspects due to their close connection to the deceased, but even though, even they, too, were eventually cleared. Okay. Then, in 2004, a decade after she was murdered, 
So this happened in 95 or in 2004. Okay. 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 A cold case team investigated the killing again, which they often do. Yeah, they will yeah. bring it. Once again, they came up empty-handed. Six years later, in 2011, her stepbrother, Andy Vandenherk, or her brother, confessed on Facebook that he was the one who killed Nicole. On Facebook? He had been living in England at the time and was quickly arrested by British police and extradited to the Netherlands. But wait, it gets better. Oh, and wait, then, there's more. And then <laughs> Andy was then released five days later. The police didn't have anything but the Facebook post to tie him to the crime. So there's no other evidence. So they really had Just no evidence. Just saying that I did Yeah. It. It would be another five years before he publicly admitted that he had falsely confessed in order to get revive attention on the case and force the police to exhume Nicole's body for DNA testing. So he did it for his sister. Oh, wow. He confessed so that way because he did not they, agree they, with his, her body being buried so fast. So they would have to look at it again. Yes. Aww. To get the cult to exhume and to get the DNA. Get DNA. Right. Despite the outright idiocy. Idiocy. Idiocy of his admissions, Andy's plan had worked. In September 2011, Nicole's remains were exhumed and a number of DNA samples were obtained. Within the week, the Dutch police had announced that um, foreign DNA had been found on Nicole's remains. Unfortunately, the same week brought a significant uptick in the reward and new tips about the girl's killer. Mm. I mean, that's an... I would do that for my my siblings. I would do it. That's for actually really ingenious to think. It is. Yeah. I mean, sure, he had to go to jail and he had to like go through a lot of shit, but, but to, it made him exhume her body, and you know. Mm-hmm. So in January of 2014, the police found a match at last. They arrested a 46-year-old man named Jos 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 DG. Joss. Not only did he have a record. Having been convicted of three rapes and sentenced to three years preventative detention and compulsory treatment, but his DNA wasn't just found on Nicole, but that? at the crime scene itself. Preventative. Okay. Maybe that's probation or something? I guess. Okay. But three years preventative detention? Like, what? Yeah. I guess maybe like house arrest, so he's not out yeah, raping so people? What is that? Like, keep his ass in jail. Like, if he's already oh, been arrested, you know, the different laws. If he's already been there. arrested and convicted for three rapes, that man does not be to be needed. Yeah, him in the don't put him out preventative. If this is like after the fact, preventative's too damn late. <sighs> the case came to court fairly quickly, and the defense attorney was right there with a um, rather flimsy argument against why Joseph G would have been the main suspect. He openly disputed the DNA evidence, saying that there was only DNA found on Nicole from two others including her ex-boyfriend at the time. But that was only the tip of the iceberg. Only the tip. (laughs) I'm so inappropriate. Sorry, guys. Y'all shouldn't be surprised by now. If you've made it this far, you shouldn't be surprised. I like more than the tip. (laughs) He also argued that not only did Nicole have had consensual sex with Joe G, but he added the hiccups that she might have had multiple sexual partners and was possibly pregnant at the time of her death. Which they should be able to tell if they exhumed her body. Yeah. Like, you know. This unbelievable line of accusations even led to a halt in the trial where police had to go and investigate the possibilities before things could continue. The fact that they had three separate sources of DNA didn't make things any easier. 
especially since one of those sources of DNA was Nicole's stepbrother, Andy, mm-hmm. a man who'd already freely admitted his com- uh, complicity, complicity in her death some years before. Finally, scientists decided to retest the DNA using modern methods. In order to mount a defense, Jost G, I guess I'm saying his name right. That's like a good, uh, what's it, DJ name. Jost G, up next on the mic. <laughs> right? This is weird. His so last weird. name's G. Jost G. Jost G. G. G E E? No, G. The letter G. The letter G. Jost. J O S D D E G. Oh, interesting. Just the G? Just the G. Just the G. G. He told the court that court between his divorce in 1990 and the birth of his own daughter in 1998, he had a very wild, very active sex life. That's what he said? I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. We all have. George G. <laughs> Wait, it was, <laughs> it was between his divorce? Divorce in 1990 yeah, and the birth we, of his daughter in 98. I feel that, yeah. He didn't distinguish <laughs> at all between the women he was with or seemed to care that some of them, um, some of those women were found or were forced into the act against their will. Oh, wow. So, rape. That's a little basically. different than an act yes. of sex life. So, on November 24th, 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 on November 21st, 2014, Jost Daga, Jost Daga, whatever his name is, was found guilty of rape and sentenced to five years imprisonment. The reason for such a short sentence was the fact the court took into consideration both the garbled DNA evidence and the fact that Deji was likely legally insane at the time of the crime. Whatever. In the end, though, we may never know he was really responsible. Mm. So that is my story on Nicole Vandenhurt. I feel like he may have raped her, but I don't... I feel like there's some foul play there somewhere because I don't know. I don't know. There was other DNA found on her, so why was this other DNA? And they don't really say what kind of DNA it was found yeah. on her. I mean, she could have gotten a kiss from her dad that morning and went on. It but they would have identified that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't understand. I mean, of course, there's going to be DNA if she had clothes and stuff on. Her dad did the laundry. You know, so I understand that or whatever, but I just don't... I just feel like there's foul play somewhere in it, and it still should be a cold case. I don't feel like that's a solved murder. To me, I would not have closure with that. Yeah. I just wouldn't. And she, and I'll post the picture of her as well, guys. She's a beautiful, beautiful girl. And I'll post it for our patrons, of course, um, this weekend first. But it just... I don't understand. Oh, my God. What did you post? I have exciting news. I just posted to our Instagram. <laughs> I never do You that. did the other day. Wait, did I do it right? Did I also post it to our Facebook? <laughs> I don't even fucking know if I did it right. <laughs> so that's my story. That's our true crime episode. Anything that else you want to add? Um, no. These both were very sad. Very beautiful they young were, girls. They were very young girls. <clears throat> it didn't involve kids. No, it didn't. So there you go. All right, guys. You have to get, get our little but, but you have to get all of our. You have to say all of oh, our. Um, go to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, and Redbubble for merch. Cause y'all aren't buying our merch, and I'm a little sad. But you know what? We are working on a website, so that's yeah. gonna, that may change. We're Maybe so excited. And business cards. Yes. And thank you to our patrons, Robert, Daniel, Zach, Todd, Serena, and Brandon, aka the Dirty Cowboy. 
And that's all I have. Well, then, if he's going to, he gets the handle, then Robert gets his handle, too. What's Robert's handle? Robert is RMFC. RMFC. Robert motherfucking car. (laughs) And Robert, a.k.a. Robert motherfucking Motherfucking car. car. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Y'all come back now. You hear? You hear? (laughs)